Scotty Pippen somehow comes across as the worst person on this documentary. This is spoilers. I think Jerry Krause has something to say about that from the grave. Dude, no. Yeah. Pippin's a shining light of how can I look even worse every episode as it goes on. But hello, this is Stevie, your host. For uh, We are doing episodes 7 and 8 of Michael Jordan's documentary, or the Bulls documentary, The Last Dance. Um, it was Michael Jordan's. That's fine. Is it just all Michael Jordan? It, seem, it seems like it. Okay, all right. What do you remember about Space Jam growing up since it was brought up in these episodes? This is Pappy, recording from Louisville, Colorado. Uh, Space Jam, I remember seeing it when it was when I was a child, very young, and liking it. Um, it was the kind of movie that was always like around at like slumber parties or like I don't know, like go over someone's house and pop in Space Jam. But probably my most memorable moment with space jam is that was the movie i watched after i got my tonsils out in sixth grade like while i was waiting like in the back like in the recovery room or whatever and i was like coming out of anesthesia and just being like what the fuck is this movie <laughs> just being so confused that's really the correct response though pat <laughs> it really is wise beyond my ears this is josh recording from goshen indiana um I mean, I remember Space Jam very well, Stevie. It's hard for me to boil it down into one like quintessential moment. But I'll just say, as this documentary goes, I love seeing the green screen stuff <laughs> behind the scenes. I rewound that a couple times, and I don't know. I, I really don't rewind things and watch them again too often on purpose. And this documentary has caught me doing that a few times now. Uh, this is Liz in South Bend, and for me, has to be the soundtrack. It was so good. It's just so good. And sometimes when my son and I are shooting hoops on the Little Tykes hoop, I just sing I Got a Basketball Jones to him <laughs> from that soundtrack. <laughs> and we, it's we too closed bad about down. R. Kelly guy. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big one. However, we did shut down a wedding last year with back-to-back Quad City DJ tracks, Space Jam, taking it into the after party. So that was pretty good. It was a win. Nice. Yeah, I remember being really young when Space Jam came out, and... I remember really, really wanting to see it as a kid. I think I was like seven, maybe seven or eight when it came out. And even as a kid, I knew something wasn't great about that movie. Like, (laughs) it just didn't make a whole lot of sense to me, even as a kid. But yeah, that was my early memories with Space Jam. But episode seven, I think, was definitely the stronger of the two. Josh, what was MJ... I mean, we're kind of building up to MJ's retirement in 93. What was MJ's relationship like with his dad? Oh, man. Well, before that, can I just mention the very top of the episode, Stevie? With Craig Sager? (laughs) Well, no, with the whole thing with the quote from the intro where he's like, there's no backstabbing happening here. (laughs) And, like, that question in that press conference was pretty intense. Like, do you think that was just all bad, or do you think he looked like he was standing up for himself a little bit? I don't I don't know. I don't know. Like, as the episode, these two episodes went on, and there's only two left, it feels like all of the responsibility for what happened to the Bulls is going to be placed on Krause's <laughs> shoulders. And I, I just thought, like, it, it's like Stevie said about Isaiah uh, the last time we recorded together. It's like, I thought we had done that already. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it will come into play, like, at the very end, like, when they're – he's breaking up the team or like when MJ is retiring or something, but yeah. I don't know. It felt a little salt in an open dead guy's wound to me <laughs> oh, to man. kick off the episode for it. I'm so sorry, CB, but Michael with his dad, he's like the opposite of Isaiah Thomas with his dad. He loves him. <laughs> he's like his best friend. They like to go to Atlantic city and gamble together. Like his father and son, they just like talk about everything. Liz, you mentioned it before the pod, devastating to drop dead dad content on mother's day. I wrote, I wrote down way to go 
Like, we just, we got to sit through this on Mother's Day. Um, but the just mental and emotional exhaustion and then channeling that all and talking, like, it's so raw for him still later. And when he said he was my rock, he knew the tears were coming after that. And then to just go on and on about his mom and how strong she was, he knew he had to be strong. It just sounds like his parents were pretty amazing. It seems rare that many superstars like that acknowledge their their parents in this way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Speaking of rare, though, Liz, and Pappy, you just mentioned, like, how this is like coming down to the last few episodes i'm starting to get the feeling that this is like the last we're gonna really hear from mj like ever it's like him putting out emotion like this isn't something he's really ever done but like once or twice ever and like i don't know this kind of a finality to this like a tinge of that attitude to this whole thing for me maybe i I mean, I would assume that we probably won't hear from a lot of these players again unless they honor them in some way or they start to pass away, which is a bummer. Josh and Liz, you got you two have a few years on me and Pap. Um, Thank you. That's not a bad thing. It's just stating <laughs> They point fact. it out whenever they can. <laughs> we really do. But... Um, do you guys like remember? I mean, even when hearing basketball about... was invented. <laughs> yeah, I was there. Do you guys remember uh, hearing about the murder of uh, Michael Jordan's father? Very vaguely. Remember more so. Remember like we always had the news on when I was little, and the screen, the graphic in the right hand corner with his picture i remember seeing that um but i didn't know what they were talking about um and then after that in my memory it just immediately kind of jumps to him retiring man i really do remember there being kind of an air to all the coverage that was like "Mm, michael jordan's into some shady business and his dad died due to some shady business like hmm and like of all the things that we've talked about are like pro michael bias in this so far i think they really like i love to see it here because that is just so dirty and crappy and normally i love quote the media i don't like get down on the media but that was like so terrible yeah. That time, I don't know, because I, I kind of like associate, and I might be off by a few years, but I kind of associate like this age of media, like with the princess die stuff too. You know what I mean? And it just feels like the like the last dance, basically, of like these old giant media companies, and, and maybe you know they're coming back, but because they're buying everything up. But like these old giant media companies, just like controlling so much press, and it's just like I can't imagine. And if the age of like Joe Rogan and like Twitter and everything, if like that would have happened today and all the gambling allegations, like can you imagine the conspiracy shit storm that would be surrounding those kind of events? But at the same time, I, last week you pointed out that like his gambling wouldn't really be that big of a deal now. True. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I wrote down later during his retirement press conference that media just isn't done like that anymore. Tom Brokaw is not going out there to the Birdo Center anymore, you know? Well, just even, like, the one guy who's like, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, he's here, you know what I mean? I can't imagine, like, that happening today. Like, does any figure have that much of a mythical status, you know what I mean? I I just don't – I don't know if we idolize people in the same way (laughs) that they did at that point. I mean, Poor Mark G. and Greco, that was his FaceTime. <laughs> Pap, I think you know you probably know more about this conspiracy than I do. Do you think there's any validity to David Stern suspending Michael at all? 
So like, I think it's worth, I'm just going to repeat a story that Bill Simmons said real quick, because I think it is interesting. Bill Simmons claims that he heard David Stern, and Bill Simmons is a pretty reputable reputable guy, uh, that he, he claims that he heard David Stern yell at Allen Iverson, you saw what I did to Michael, don't think I can't do that to you. And he swears to God, like, that's what he heard. Now, I think that with a lot of conspiracies, the official story likely isn't the entire story, but I, I'm very much skeptical of some kind of grand conspiracy with David Stern that you actually really got to get suspended. Like, I, I think that there was a lot of factors that it's not just, you know, his dad and that maybe Stern was pissed and maybe he would have been suspended like a couple games or something. And Michael is just like, F that I'm going to go play baseball. I, I could see that being a real possibility, but no, I don't, I don't think it's like an unofficial suspension, shadow suspension. The documentary makes no bones about their take on it. The ultimate capitalist is not a compliment of a nickname. <laughs> I wrote that down. <laughs> the Monopoly man. <laughs> well, from that sense, it really doesn't make any sense. I think it was the NBA's ratings uh, the year after like Michael retired dropped by 50% like in viewership overall which is a staggering amount it also makes no sense because Michael really was the NBA's cash cow at this point well we've been getting very few Phil moments but one of the things that he said in his meeting with Michael like trying to get him to stay was that like the only thing he said to prod him was that he'd be denying a gift to society. And I thought that was great. I wrote down that I am going to quote channel Phil Jackson every time that I feel the urge to lose it during this pandemic. I'm like, just, just channel Phil, everything's fine. What would Phil do? Yeah. And, like, outside of hard drugs, what would he do? <laughs> I don't know, Stevie. Do you think Do you think MJ could have won, like, you know, eight straight or, like, a four-peat and a three-peat, you know, or something? Like, I just think that it's just, like, so hard to play that many basketball games over the course of, like, eight or nine years. I think it would have been impossible for him to win eight or nine straight just because we'll get into it in episode eight, but if he would have won eight or nine straight, it would have been a revolving door of teammates. Like, I I don't think people would have stayed with Michael for that long. Well, there's kind of that lesson earlier in the series with Dennis Rodman. that's like people need a break, and that's something that Phil and even Michael recognized. So... I guess baseball was his break. And what struck me was that he was already, he was 30 when he retired the first time. Mm -hmm. That's like a lot older than I would have thought of. And Kobe Bryant hit on it last, last episode that we covered. But he said something like, the league used to be older, so people didn't think much of me. But like, Michael was pretty old for, I don't know, older than I remembered. Yeah, and I mean, do you think if Jerry Reinsdorf hadn't uh, owned the White Sox that Michael would have landed a contract with the baseball team? <laughs> That's like part of it that like doesn't pass the sniff test to me. You know what I mean? It's like, it feels like there's more things going on. Like if he was really, I don't know, like why the White Sox of any team? Why would the owner even like allow that to happen? Like, I don't, I don't know. That, that fuels my conspiracy fire a little bit. <laughs> Sell more tickets. Yeah. I mean, if he made it to the big leagues. But the one thing I will say about this documentary that I lo- really like is I've always kind of grown up under the notion that Michael's time in the minors was an absolute failure. Like, he honestly couldn't hit a ball if he tried. I did not realize that he had a 14-year gap in between like high school and when he was playing double-A ball, which is insane to me. So I'm talking about his age, and Liz, did you remember that Terry Francona was his freaking double-A coach? <laughs> I, I did. Beforehand, I asked, I said to 
Dan, my husband. I wonder if we're going to get a Tito interview. And then we did. I was so... It was very nice to see him. Um, and just like one of the most random, fun trivia facts in all of sports that like these two cross paths at that juncture in their lives. And now they both are where they are. And then who was really, I thought, fun to hear from too was their hitting coach who was like, yeah, he hit 200. And people just don't do that in double A. That kind of gave me the chills <laughs> when he talked about how he would do hitting practice like before the game, after the game, and then like a second Z's after the game or something like that. <laughs> just like yeah. always working. When you And when you think of baseball, obviously they're out there taking BP before the game anyway. And you're just like, Ugh, how? no wonder it was so hard for you to get back into basketball shape because your body was just all jacked up from swinging the bat. I, I did take a little bit of umbrage with what Terry Francona said that Michael Jordan could have been a major leaguer. I'm sorry. There's no fucking way Michael Jordan could have been a major league baseball player, <laughs> even if he kept working. Like, yeah, he hit 200, but the documentary also makes the case like how much better he did at the beginning of the season and at the end. And like, I'm sure so much of that was like, the scrub double a baseball player is throwing a, a pitch to the most famous man on the planet. Like that's gotta, that's gotta affect him way more than it does MJ. And like, as time went on that like shine would have worn off. He would have like trickled down to single a, there's no, I don't know, Stevie. Like, do you think there's I any disagree chance? wholeheartedly? No way. No, Disa- way. No, no, no. With what you just said, some scrub like double a or like double a is pretty, that's not single but, A, Pap. But they're not ba- Major League Baseball players. They're not like no, but they are grown. actual prospects. Those are people that are drafted. Do you go think right they, to Double A? Do you think they had ever pitched in front of a crowd like they were pitching in front of those Michael Jordan games? Had they ever had they, in their lives had that many people watching them? Happy. Like, they specifically said in the doc that is because he couldn't solve the breaking ball. Right? Isn't that kind of the key to this? I thought it was the fastball that he was. No, good he was breaking ball, ball. crushing fastballs. Okay. He, could, and, he could see the fast, but he couldn't and see the And if I'm a double-A pitcher and I have Michael Jordan in front of me, I'm doing everything in my power to make sure I strike him out, to say I no struck out Michael way. Jordan. way. You're going to groove one to him so he takes you deep so you get on Sports Center. That's what you're going <laughs> to no do. No way. What, that's 100%. What are you no talking way. about? No one with any competitive fire in him would be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to let this guy take me deep. <laughs> Like, I'm going to throw away, like, my shot at going to AAA or the big leagues so I can say Michael Jordan hit a home run off me and I have to go find a job somewhere because I'm getting paid no money in AA. Absolutely not. Are you insane? There's a 0% chance Michael Jordan could have been a major league baseball player on his own merits. I thought that was nice of Terry Francona to say, but it's fucking pure lunacy. Oh, boy. I think he could have been a major leaguer. Why not? See, that's what I don't like about journalists when it comes to baseball. Because people are always, it's the it's the one sport that all journalists and anyone close to it, they're like, well, no one can just pick up and do it. Uh, Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders had pretty nice careers being better at other sports than they were at baseball, and they still made it to the major leagues. Baseball is the one sport where you, it's like the most average guy-looking sport. Look, look at Roger mm-hmm. Clemens, a true great. It looks like he should be in the bowling alley smoking cigs <laughs> with the dude. People are so protective of baseball, though, so it drives me nuts. I did. I'll, I'll take Terry Francona for his word. Wow, a rare disagreement between best friends and co-creators of spoilers. <laughs> I guess we'll never know. I watched Space Jam. I saw Michael Jordan was at baseball. <laughs> he... I have a Terry Francona story that we can talk about later. Teaser. <laughs> Tell now. Do it now. Yeah. Do it now. Um. Really speaks to the man's credibility as evaluating Michael Jordan as a baseball player. <laughs> There's a high possibility, but Josh, while Michael is in Birmingham in Double A with the White Sox, mainly because they couldn't fit the press in Single A. Uh, the Bulls are kind of thriving. Like, what did you think about the players being, like, relieved that MJ was gone? This is like 
when you have a really disliked co-worker quit or something <laughs> like they weren't as good anymore but they were like woof what a relief i guess the first year after he's gone they had a pretty good year but they still got stuffed in the playoffs so you said it like the whole spoiler for this episode is scotty pippen looks bad this is maybe one of the worst things he's like yeah <laughs> it was a terrible. great time they lose in the second round of the playoffs it's like what the hell man <laughs> <laughs> they even asked that. He's like, yeah, it was great. Michael was gone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, even Steve Kerr, like, who really never played with Jordan, it was like, well, yeah, Michael was gone, and Scotty, you know, is kind of a cheerleader for all of us. He wasn't calling us ho in practice and yelling at us and trying to fight us. Like, <laughs> oh, God. He loves saying ho. Oh, my God. Poor Scotty Burrell. Like, Good lord. <laughs> Liz, what'd you think about Jordan's treatment of Scotty Burrell? That poor man. The Bulls posted a tweet that was like, everyone needs a teammate like Scotty Burrell. And he retweeted it and said, <laughs> I appreciate your kind words. And I was like, oh man. Oh. What a guy. He's really you changed are... since that womanizing on the town, up all night gambling man. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Jordan calling him an alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is this also the episode where Scotty Pippen uh, like sat out because he didn't get the last shot? Yes. Yeah. That was a rough look for Scotty. Not not good. And our poor friend Tony Kukoc, who just wants to make friends and be liked, was like, I make shot, but uh everyone mad in the locker room because <laughs> that was rough. I win game, but Scotty's still mad. <laughs> <laughs> and then with Bill Cartwright, who broke down in tears. Oh, I, th- I was like, Bill Cartwright, the hero we need, but didn't know that we needed at the time. He's trying to save us all. To me, it was kind of clear he was standing in for any sort of MJ presence there. Like, that would have been MJ's job a year ago. Yeah, yeah, but he did it with feelings instead of, <laughs> like... MJ would have taken a two-by-four to Scotty's <laughs> skull if he had done that in front of him. Yeah. Pappy, though, to to Scotty's point, like, he's been waiting in the shadows here for years, and here it is, the playoffs, Michael's gone. You know that Jerry Krause is, like, rooting for his European boy. Do, Do you feel any sympathy for this man? Well, you've seen Hoosiers. Scotty should have just been like, no, I'm taking the shot. Like, just <laughs> the team just should have shook their head in the huddle and had him take it. I mean, I don't know. I I, I also kind of wondered if that, like, if there's any possibility that that kind of order could have come down, like, on high from, like, Kraus or even Reinsdorf, like, how much they wanted Kukoc to be, like, the star of the team. And the, the documentary put together, like, a pretty compelling case, though. Like, it had that little montage right before and, like, Kukoc was clutch. It kind of made sense to have him take the shot. I just, I don't think there's your any excuse Adam for quitting on your teammates Kukoc, like that, especially if you're going to, you know, what is Scottie Pippen now considered like the 25th best player of all time or something? That's pretty, pretty inexcusable. Pap, what'd you think about, I mean, cause Isaiah and him made the same dumb mistake, which is, it just makes me laugh so hard. Cause you think Scottie's going to be like, yeah, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, it still haunts me to this day. And he like broken down in tears. And instead, Scotty's like, nah, I'd have done it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that he kept it real. I mean, I, I, I feel like this whole documentary, there haven't been hardly anybody from Jerry Reinsdorf, Michael Jordan on down, who's kind of, you know, regretted their decisions. I, I respect that. The way this documentary kind of made it seem was even though they won the game, the series was over right when Scotty did that. And Bill Winnington kind of went in depth on the radio today, and he's just like, we were actually really good after Bill Cartwright stood up and started kind of berating Scotty. And, you know, Scotty issued his apology, and apparently Scotty broke down too crying in the locker room. And he said what made it worse was the fact that the media had caught on to Scotty sat out. And they just kind of 
ran with it the entire series, and that's when they kind of knew it was over. Mm-hmm. So but that's for- kind of really hard to make him get over the hump. I think for Scotty too, though, like another reason that like he doesn't probably feel the need to like you know apologize at this point is like the Isaiah stuff. Like that's haunted his like career and legacy. Like other than like his front office misdoings, but almost more than anything, like to this day, like people think Isaiah Thomas, bad boys, left off the dream team. Like I barely had ever remembered even hearing about that Scotty Pippen story. Stevie, had you had you heard that? I before? had never heard of this story. And MJ makes the point where he's like, that's going to haunt Scotty the rest of his career. Like, thankfully for Scotty, like, it really didn't seem to. Until now. Until now. <laughs> I would say, though, Scotty's rep back in the day was always, like, a little questionable. Everyone knew he was a great player, but it was always, No tipping like... Pippin? No tipping Pippin. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube has been trying to get me to watch this uh, video titled Scotty Pippen's Messy Love Life and Many Kids, and I refuse to watch it, but it keeps like putting it at the top of my feed. <laughs> he, I think he is in the middle of another divorce right now. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it's too bad. You hate to see it. You do. But the way this episode ends is kind of the idea of, you know... Was Michael Jordan actually a nice guy? You know, like, I'm sure he was a great teammate, but Josh, you think actually, like, Michael was actually, like, a nice guy to be around? Do you think, like, kind of the way his teammates were relieved, do you think he was just an absolute tyrant? I mean, do you think this is the best part of the doc so far, Stevie? Yeah. (laughs) I I think they must have been hammering home these questions on MJ for a while. And he gets to this point, he even says break at the end of the clip because he's just had enough emotionally, but he kind of, he has a really quotable message here. I think I could probably pull it up if you'd want me to. Yeah. (laughs) Said, and I wasn't going to take any less. Now, if that means I got to go in there and get in your ass a little bit, then I did that. (laughs) you asked all my teammates one thing about michael jordan was he never asked me to do something that he didn't fucking do when people see this they're gonna say well he wasn't really a nice guy he may have been a tyrant oh well that's you because you never wanted anything i wanted to win but i wanted them to win and be a part of that as well Ryan Jordan <laughs> Yeah. So good. It's nice to hear you explain your mentality out in this longer form, but don't apologize because you did everything it took to win and that's who you are. You can't change that. I didn't see it as much as a, like, sorry as I saw, is just a flat explanation because producers must have been hounding him and up his ass about it. <laughs> and, like, I don't know. It kind of, it really comes back to, I think, an American value, and I feel like how my dad tried to raise me, and you try to be the best you can be at something, and I don't know. I, f- I feel like I've scaled that back in my own life, but I still have this, like, urge deep down that's, like, yeah, I want to be the best, and I'm going to be a dickhead to be the best if I need to be. <laughs> and I don't know, that's something I wrestle with, I would say, to this day. Yeah, I think it's hard if you're a competitive person to turn that off. There's definitely different workplaces where you can use it to your advantage. But for the most part, it doesn't really work <laughs> uh, in regular real life. There are only certain avenues where you could really you really act like that but isn't that crazy though like this is why like why does sports get the pass like the least like as, as our host mikey said the most important of the least important things like shouldn't <laughs> like, like like you know what if i'm like a cop or like you know a, a first responder or something and i'm gonna get on everybody's ass or we're gonna be the best first responders or like i, I make you know medical devices or, or you know like any anything that's actually affecting people's lives like you would think that would be the place where there'd be like 
no room for bullshit. Like, wh- like, why is it like the stupid game is the thing that gets the pass of you can be an asshole as long as you win? Don't you think sports kind of sets the tone and then all the other fields kind of fall in line behind that? So I think there is probably like a spectrum. But if you are like more of an ass than you see in sports, then people are starting yeah. to start calling you out. <laughs> True. <laughs> so during the 90s, the staunchers could get away with a lot. <laughs> it almost reminds me of like in TV shows and I'm, right now I'm thinking of Scrubs, like Dr. Cox, ass. Yeah. Kind of an ass mm-hmm. um, to keep people in line. And there's a trope that happens in a lot of shows like that. But for a lot of, mm-hmm. like there are doctors like that there are surgeons like that um so it is it is real wolf of wall street uh, oh that's tough yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> it's just hard to put yourself in that position with your own co-workers even if you are that competitive to me I would never tell you to shoot a layup, dumbass. Gosh. <laughs> I mean, I, maybe. I don't know, I guess. Send the email, dumbass. <laughs> Liz, you've actually said that to me. I know, I have. I think I have. <laughs> but, I mean, even like when he broke down crying, I almost didn't see him being like sorry for the way he acted, kind of like Josh said. I, I honestly think he misses it. Like, mm. I think he misses being this way to his teammates to achieve something. Do you think he's also sad that he, like, can't relate to the average person and, like, no one gets this? Yeah. I'm sure it frustrates him. Mm-hmm. I think that was a big part of his friendship with Kobe because he was a person who could relate to that. Like, noted kind of a jackass Kobe Bryant on the court behaved essentially the same way. So I think Michael might be anticipating like cancel culture like really going after him after something like this comes out. So I think he's almost like preemptively like pretty defensive about his mentality and I don't know. I for one, I think everyone on this pod gets it. So if you're listening MJ, spoilers got your back. I mean, episode eight is nearly entirely about his competitive spirit and almost kind of explains why he is the way he is. But, Pap, you and I mean, I did not know that he came back for like a fraction of a season and lost in the playoffs. Did you? I, yeah, I had remembered, I don't remember it like firsthand. I remember the story of it. I, I remember like that he wore 45 uh, and I used to have this book that would be like the best athlete to wear every number. And obviously Michael Jordan was 23, but I think they also made him 45 <laughs> as well. So just like, well, he was, uh, but no, I mean, and, and that's the kind of other thing too, that I think that kind of shuts down a lot of the conspiracy theorists is like clearly his body is not in basketball shape. You know what I mean? When he comes back and his trainer Mm -hmm. talks about it and the Bulls trainer talks about it, like he's just not, his legs aren't there. Like he's just has been focusing on the wrong muscles. Like he, he he was just not the same MJ for that little bit of time. I forgot that he had his shorts on backwards, but then when they showed it, I was like, Oh yeah, he did do that. (laughs) Um, And I liked BJ Armstrong getting, uh, into depth about how it all went down, almost like BJ was like a, a drug dealer getting him back on the court. <laughs> BJ getting went a to lot eat. of FaceTime too here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, how they went to eat at Baker Square, noted terrible restaurant. <laughs> and I wrote down, what a terrible place to eat. Oh, sorry, Baker Square. Uh, but how the, then it just kind of all like stemmed from that um but yeah bj armstrong is an unsung hero of this doc and it's Mm -hmm. been wild to see him looking so youthful Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
he's like the only player that's had a replay of him like three or four times. Now, granted, it's him talking shit to MJ. Yeah. <laughs> like, they just kept showing him after he hit that shot um, and like cut back to Jordan's face, just being like super grimy about it. <laughs> One of the notes I had was just Michael Jordan with a baseball bat in the locker room thinking about BJ Armstrong. <laughs> Smoking a cigar. <laughs> like, that is. A sociopath. <laughs> what, what he said when he had that baseball bat made me laugh so hard. When he was like, "He goes, you can tell a good man if he's talking shit when it's zero, when it's zero zero, and the score is even." He goes, "Not talking shit when it's five or six points, but when it's zero zero, that made me laugh so hard." He's full Scarface. He even says something like, "If you talk shit when you're down, that's hard. Like that's Michael Jordan's definition of a good man. Somebody who talks shit when they're losing a, a game." Like, <laughs> That's so awesome. And speaking of sociopath, like, I don't who is the player that he said, like, he just made up this whole thing? Oh, LeBradford. That, that was, that's sociopath <laughs> shit. Yeah, that's some crazy stuff. Did he ruin that man's career? Got to. Like, Got to. I, I want a documentary on its own about what happened to LeBradford Smith <laughs> after that game. <laughs> and Craig Hodges. <laughs> but just yeah. like just think about the process that went into that like, so like MJ like got on the plane or whatever and literally like in his head made up a fantasy and thought about it enough until it was real and then actionalized th- that fantasy into anger into motivation to destroy him the next <laughs> game like, <what? laughs> that is so fucking crazy <laughs> one thing I mean I'm kind of with you guys. BJ Armstrong truly is the unsung hero because I felt like he was apologizing to Michael and America at the same time for the simple fact that when he's getting interviewed, he looks apologetic for having a good game against Michael. And when he makes that, like, that, you know, game clinching shot or whatever, he's like, everyone has a good game. You know, everyone can have a good game. That's it. And then Jordan completely shuts him out the rest of the series. That just made me laugh so hard. I mean, and how, and how many times has he done that? Yeah. BJ's a victim, and then Gary Payton later is kind of the same sort of thing, right? Nick Anderson, too. Mercifully, I was about to say they didn't interview Nick Anderson. Oh my God! Just let let that you can live. He was oh. one of the best <laughs> players in NBA Jam TE. Like, what happened he, to him? One of the greatest players to come out of Illinois. Like, he was awesome. And those that Magic team. There was a great story. I want to say it was on Grantland a while ago about that team and how fun they were. Little penny. <laughs> so like the whole George Carl thing is interesting too. It's like does Michael Jordan I don't know, does he have like a motivation problem? Like how would you cuz I've heard so many times Stevie, and I'm sure you have too like on Sports Talk Radio like DP or like I, I don't know, a lot of people I respect poo-pooing the idea of bolts and board material. Like I feel Not like stuck I feel like this documentary is like making it sound like this is very real and like player, like professional athletes will play varying degrees of like hard based on how pissed off they are. It makes me rethink everything. Like think of it this way. I mean, think about being the most successful person in your field and also one of the most popular people in the world. Like I think about that. How easy would it be like kind of to just, I mean, go through the motions, you know, after you win so much, you know, you've won three titles, you've won a college national title, you know, you've won nearly every award except for the six man award. Like, I think Michael Jordan needs that. And I think a lot of athletes are the same way when they're really successful. Josh, you're a former athlete. What do you think? Oh, man, I've seen it. I don't think CJ listens to the pod, but he was a huge proprietor of like, oh, this dude from Goshen was, like, talking shit about our team and, like, we got to punch him in the nuts when they come here next week. Like, 
No, like that happens in sports, but it is interesting that on like the top top level and Michael Jordan, whose talent it seems like just transcends everything, he really does like there's a real baseness there, you know, like he has to hate the other caveman's dwellings to a certain point to destroy him. (laughs) (laughs) Michael or Magic Johnson said it last episode. He wants to squash your neck, and John Paxson was told, "Like, I want your money in my pocket." <laughs> like, yeah. this this whole documentary is kind of about this. <laughs> it's just crazy that like anybody could ever, and I'm not even like saying this in a bad way, but it's just crazy that like he was so good that he got bored at being the best basketball player in the world. You know what I mean? Like, if you, like top, how many people in America would be like, if you could have any job, would say, I would want to be the best basketball player in the world. Like, that is such a desirable thing. And there's so many thousands and millions of kids. And like, he did it. He was undisputably the best basketball player ever. Like, I think they even like said that, like, I, one of the like in game announcers, it may have been Costas or something, like, dubbed him the best basketball player, like, while he was playing, I think right before he retired. It's just like, I can't believe that that would get old to someone. You know what I mean? And it's Bill Simmons had a good point too on his podcast that like Tiger had a big break in his career. Ali had a big break in his career. MJ had a big break in his career. Brady missed a season. It's like, it's almost like I wonder if like that time off, like is another carrot as far as motivation. You know what I mean? It definitely seemed to be for MJ. Like the new challenge was the comeback as opposed to just winning. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Yeah, especially with that loss to the, I mean, to the magic, that seemed to be kind of like the driving fuel of that season of like him rebuilding his body. And just kind of, I mean, episode eight seems like a giant revenge tour, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Can't believe you don't like this episode, Stevie. That stuff. I love. No, I think these are the two best episodes of the doc. <laughs> that stuff with. Well, first of all, it may have been a mistake to agree to do Space Jam in this particular offseason, but he decides to do it, and those days that he spends shooting from, like, 7 a.m. to to 6 p.m., using his break hours to lift, and then the p.m. times to, like, play against other NBAers, that is so... The best NBAers? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Ah, I want all that but... video, like the Monte Carlos <laughs> tapes, <man. laughs> The Jordan, who, like, they built him his own dome so they he could work out. <laughs> like, is, no one's doing that. We're not doing that for LeBron. Like, we're not. It, It's just wild. I'm so happy they got the director for this. <laughs> <laughs> Young Juwan Howard just walking by. He's like, hey, I'm here to ball with Michael Jordan. When really this is just a big plot, so Michael knows everyone's weaknesses. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it truly was. But I mean, it, Reggie Miller struck on it too of how insane it is that Michael had like ten hours out of his day just for filming, and then two hours of lifting, and then three hours of playing basketball, and then repeat. It's absolutely insane that he didn't actually come down with an injury, or at least like yeah. a like a. I mean, easily could have gotten a torn ACL or like rolled an ankle severely at a certain point, but. But that's why um, he's Superman. I mean, he was thirty-two, thirty-three at that time, and he. He's just like the peak alpha male right at that moment. He's about to come back. He's sizing all these guys out because he's been gone from the game for a year and a half. And he's tricking them. He's the old guy tricking them right away because they're like, oh, yeah, it'll be fun. And we'll get some like buckets in with MJ and learn. And he's like, nah, I'm I'm writing all this down. (laughs) Dreaming about filming this. Dreaming about it for the three hours a night that I sleep. (laughs) He is that meme of Ryan Howard in the office taking notes. Like that is, mm-hmm. that's what he's doing. I'm glad you mentioned the director too, Stevie, Joe Pikta. Uh, yeah. I, I just went down like a meme hole of looking at pictures of him. He's got a, <laughs> he's got a look and it's pretty funny. <laughs> Doesn't seem like he did much else in his career either. 
Was he the one that was actually holding the handheld camera, like circling around them at one point? Do you remember that scene? It's like the green screen putties are all like blah, 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 around Jordan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you think about it. There's, I mean, isn't there a scene where one of the, I think it's Daffy Duck that pulls down his, sh- pulls down his shorts. Yeah. That was someone's job for that movie when you think about it. <laughs> to be like in a green man uh, suit and pants MJ. Being in a green suit pulling down MJ's shorts. What kind of look do you think MJ gave him before and after that scene? <laughs> what, what if that guy was like the MJ of like green suit guys? He's just a super big asshole to all his coworkers. Like, we're going to pull it up. Just... Michael Jordan's pants the best we fucking can. I can't go to war with you if you're acting like this. <laughs> I like to think you pull the mask off and it's actually Jerry Krause. <laughs> First of all, there's no backstabbing going on here, okay? Okay? You understand me when I say that? Jerry Krause? <laughs> <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> I think a lot of people from like this area who obviously went to Concord probably have a Sean Kemp uh, jersey somewhere in their closet or some type of Sean Kemp memorabilia. Do you remember watching this series against the Bulls? Yes, and I mentioned it before that the reason I didn't like MJ that much is because he is beaten up on the Sonics every year and beating him in the finals. And I don't know. Did, did you say Sean Kemp? Because I only know yeah. him as the pretty good alley-oop partner of Gary what Payton. What the fuck was <laughs> Why didn't they interview him? Dude, he gets no... Like, they show him as an all-star with the Cavs. They show him as a background character here. I feel like that's a huge missed opportunity. Like, it's not like Sean Kemp was just, like, some, like... Like you said, alley-oop guy. This dude was, like, a six-time all-star. Why did they ignore him? Let me just take a... Let me just take a step back because there are people all over the world who listen to this podcast. We went to the same high school as Sean Kemp. And, yes. I, and I think that like Stevie Josh, like instinctively any time in like the past, like 30 years of my life, like Sean Kemp's been mentioned on like ESPN or like sports radio or something like I just perk up so much. You know what I mean? Like I just, I'm so excited that he went to Concord, but also so sad about his career. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm pretty sure I sent you this video, Pap, or at least like the transcript of it. You and I listen to Dan Patrick a lot. And Dan Patrick's a pretty big voice in the sports world. And he had said if Sean Kemp had cared about basketball as much as Michael Jordan, he would have had just as good of a career. I've heard Will Bond say the same thing. Which is How many people though. could you it's, say that for? Like, It's so sad. The unicorn of Michael Jordan is that he does care about basketball so much, so only few people can attain that. Yeah. yeah. It's just, I mean, you think about it. Like, you're right, Josh. That did rub me the wrong way when they said the alley-oop partner of Gary Payton. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Len Bias, too, right? Let's mention him. Uh, the sadness. Yeah. I mean... That has to be like a new meme, though, with Jordan laughing at Gary Payton when he was like, all I had to do was tire him out. That's all I had to do. I thought that was so rude. Like, (laughs) like, did I like it? Yeah, I did. But it's rude and disrespectful to Gary Payton, who is one of the top five defensive players in NBA history? Question mark? That shit was I'm, rude. I'm with you, Liz. Like I, I've heard a lot of people say how awesome the iPad stuff is. I fucking hate it. I, I, I really, I don't like the way it looks. I don't like it from like a filmmaking perspective. I don't like watching someone watch a screen. Like I do enough of that in my everyday life. And like, I just think it's just kind of like the underhanded, potentially Jordan bias sneaking in. Like, why does Michael get the last word again? Like, you know what I mean? Why does he get to laugh in his face? It's just, I, 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 I wasn't a fan of it. I had no problem well, with the glove. To, to <laughs> clarify, I'm always a, I'm like, I'm a fan of him laughing at Isaiah. I'm not a fan of him laughing at Gary Payton. <laughs> I thought there could have been, could have been more Sonics interviewed because that was a great series that no one 
thought was going to amount to anything after this record-breaking year. Not only do you have Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, Detlef is in there being annoying, doing his thing. Doing like, Detlef things. Star of Parks Detlef and Recreation. The, Detlef star. Take me there, Roy. No. <laughs> um, uh, he, he was a great player. Hersey Hawkins was on that team. He went to Bradley. Bradley's in Peoria. So we always followed him when I was little. That was a good team. And they gave them a good series and no one expected it. And I was hoping just for more, but I was going to let Josh have all the outrage about it. I guess. <laughs> Josh, you mentioned that Jordan didn't have a problem with the glove. <sighs> he mentioned he had other things to focus on. What do you think Michael meant by that? Cause by all accounts, they should have won game four or five pretty easily. Michael is basically like, hey, did you watch episode seven when they talked about my dad dying? Because <laughs> it was Father's Day. <laughs> I mean, I get it. He he had stuff happening, and I think there's a fatigue that sets in towards the end. And when you're up 3-0 and the end seems inevitable, there's a lot more motivation to maybe not get sweeped than there is to sweep. So, I don't know. I... <laughs> I can't get too mad at Michael Jordan when he's doing like that little head shake when he laughs. It's really cute, actually. Like, <laughs> it's just him being like a real human, and you don't see that too much. So, it's rare stuff. I love it. And the the Sean Kemp stuff is infuriating. Like, ah, he he could have been shown as like a bigger threat. Like, I always thought like the duo of them was the threat. But they chose to like just really hammer home, home the Gary Payton stuff, and honestly, like to their credit, and as much as we like bias towards Sean Kemp here, like that part has become a pretty big meme online of him laughing at Gary Payton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah, they lose games four and five. Jordan wins, you know. He wins his title when he's back uh, on Father's Day. And Liz, you said you'd never heard the audio of him sobbing? I had only seen the visuals, never actually heard the raw audio like that. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so hard to watch. I, just somebody caught up in his grief. Did you get a sense, and maybe I'm stretching here, but it was almost like his dad died and he was like, you know, he's such in a weird place being so famous and always on stage. And he kind of just put off his feelings and played baseball for a couple years. But like seeing that and hearing that audio, that sounded like fresh grief that he had maybe like never let out before. For sure. It was just that keening sound, that wailing. That, that's something that you, it just sounded like he had pushed his feelings way down and finally he could let them out. Serenity now for like two and a half years, and finally, <laughs> just I'm just saying that because Jerry Stiller just passed away. So, R.I.P. Bringing us back yeah. down again. Yeah, but I mean, as we move past this title, we kind of we're gearing up for episodes nine and ten, and that's with Reggie Miller pretty much saying, you know. Jordan's getting older. They're about to start the series with the Pacers. And he pretty much said in his head, you know, it's my time to retire Michael Jordan. And that's where we leave off with episode eight. And I cannot <laughs> wait until episode nine. <laughs> it was a good teaser, but episode eight as a piece of art ending with that Jose Gonzalez song, Teardrop, and showing kind of some of the montages and ending with Jordan 
I, that really would have been the perfect ending to me, but I, I get what they're doing. They got to connect to the next episode. Yeah. And I'm hyped up to see what kind of shit Jordan talks about Reggie. <laughs> yeah. and... Have you guys heard the Black Jesus story? Yes. No. Let's tell it. <laughs> so when Reggie was a rookie, they were playing an exhibition game somewhere in some small town and we need to look it up where it is because it's probably in indiana or illinois somewhere um i know jordan came to the joy center at notre dame and it was the joy center yeah and i know he was in peoria once too uh so i guess we just need to look up the year reggie was a rookie and, and figure that out um but he was going hard at jordan first half he had 10 points jordan wasn't really doing much and then he started shit talking mj and being like this is all you got his airness like this is it jordan put up 45 in the second half yep. was the was the point total and reggie finished with 12 basically the crux of it was mj said to reggie like don't disrespect black jesus like that <laughs> <laughs> that's straight kanye <laughs> That's and awesome. Reggie was Reggie in his head said to DP he was like wait you refer to yourself as Black <laughs> Jesus wait what just happened like <laughs> I just pictured Jordan be like don't you ever disrespect Black Jesus like that again <laughs> but yeah I am so forward I mean really looking forward to episodes 9 and 10 are you guys ready for some Jordan trivia yeah, but I'm sad for the series to be coming to a close. Sad. Yeah, it's going to leave a void that hopefully the Lance Armstrong and Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire docs can fill. I don't know. Do you guys think there'll be an episode like 10.5? Isn't Tiger I'm King sure. doing that? Yeah. They already did it. And I wouldn't be shocked if, like, a modern shot, like, sat down with Jordan for, like, a live interview. Oh, that'd be There's sweet. There's just too much money uh, to not <sighs> do it. With his, like, old teammates and stuff, that would be awesome. But question I have for you guys. So the most expensive pair of Jordans ever sold was his flu game shoes. Um, what did that, what did the pair of shoes sell for? <laughs> And then we'll start with Pappy. I'm gonna go with $12,500. $12,500 for the flu game, Jordans. Josh. Gosh, Pappy, that's so cheap. I'm gonna go with Cool Mill. Oh, that's what I was gonna Uh, say. Cool Millie. Oof. (laughs) I might be in the wrong, might be in single I'm supposed to be in triple A. (laughs) Uh, i guess i'm going two mil two mil for liz shockingly pappy was the closest what oh the flu game shoes originally i mean when they were sold, sold for one hundred and four thousand dollars. Mm. Why are they worth more or less now? Probably they're more. worth more. Yeah. 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 I thought this way. would be updated, like for inflation. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> anyway, um, Pap or Josh, do we have anything coming down the line soon besides this? Uh, I think Spring Breakers will be the next yes. episode out. Uh, but we just we also just dropped a shit ton of content. Uh, go back and listen to our Ratatouille uh, fan request episode. We did Mulan and then uh, getting more back into the movie game once Spring Breakers drops. So look forward to that. Pappy, we have some left field LOTR content coming too for some of our fans that have been around for a while. Get ready for that. Uh, <laughs> multiple feeds will be popping, but we good to toss it to Spoiler Man? Am I good? Yeah, you're good. All right. What time is it? Take it away. Take it away.
Spoiler Man here. Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcast spoilers. It's lit. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. If you enjoyed what you heard today, subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes. Wait, we didn't do our yeses. <laughs> They're automatic yeses. Are we didn't they? talk about Steve Kerr oh, getting bro. punched. We didn't even, yeah, we didn't talk about Steve Kerr. Poor Steve Kerr. This is all yeses. first, though. I'm going to press stop. All yeses. All yeses. All yeses. Steve Kerr was amazing. was spoilers.